Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. It is a well-known statistic. Ontario is losing more than 300 acres of farmland every day. It is a stunning figure when you realize that we're talking about our food source. What you don't hear as often is how this is affecting Northumberland County. But there's a group that's trying to change that. The Northumberland Rural Coalition is hosting a panel discussion about protecting farmland in this region. Local MPP David Pacini is scheduled to speak on the panel. There is also a number of experts from groups like the Ontario Farmland Trust, and specialists who will also add their perspective. Considering agriculture is one of the largest economic drivers in the county, you will want to listen. It is my pleasure today to welcome Michael Purley. He's a committee member and organizer with the Northumberland Rural Coalition. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. It's a pleasure to be here, Robert. Thank you. There is a panel discussion taking place on July 29th in Coburg about protecting farmland in Northumberland County. Some people might not be aware that agricultural lands are under threat. Can you describe the situation locally as you see it? Well, thank you very much first for the opportunity to discuss this in some detail. Um, We uh, at our little coalition uh, that was formed a couple of years ago uh, were first alerted to the extent of the problem by uh, a proposal by a developer to locate 800 homes on a 196-acre parcel of land on Lake Ontario between Lakeport and the hamlet of Wicklow. And uh, we were all very concerned about that because, uh, well, for several reasons. One was, uh, first and foremost, it it was going to be situated on a piece of formerly very uh, productive and beautiful, actually, uh, agricultural land, which had been sold to this developer. And uh, we were very concerned because 800 homes really out in the middle of a rural area of the township uh, could not be serviced properly, uh, except by building new water and sewage treatment facilities. It would have uh, created an enormous amount of traffic, first during the construction period of anywhere from seven to 10 years, and then beyond that with all the residents, there might have been up to 1,500 new cars on a surface-treated road, which is Lakeport Road, which would have had difficulty handling those um, excess cars or additional vehicles. Uh, But most importantly, I think uh, a number of us were concerned about the cost to the township, to Alnwick-Haldeman Township, 
uh, of this uh, development because, for example, since there uh, is no way the development could have been connected to water and sewage services uh, anywhere else in the township because of its location, they would have had to build a new water treatment plant and a new sewage treatment plant, all of which would have had to have been ad uh, adopted by all in the Township at a significant additional cost to ratepayers. So we saw this as a, an extreme problem in terms of uh, cost, in terms of impact on former excellent agricultural land, in terms of the quality of life, uh, the environment, the surroundings here in South Alnwick Haldeman. And for all those reasons, we got to work to try and encourage council not to support the company's request for what many of your listeners will remember as a ministerial zoning order, which is an order that the provincial government can uh, provide, which basically allows a developer to override any limits on local planning restrictions and just go ahead with a, a proposal. And uh, so council a couple of years ago, uh, before the election, uh, the council that was then in office voted three to two in favor of not giving uh, an MZO to this developer. And uh, we also uh, spoke to candidates during the recent municipal election, of course, and uh, asked them for their support in continuing not to consider uh, uh, an MZO or any special treatment for this developer going forward. And uh, four of the five councillors agreed completely with this. We're not sure about um, the mayor's position. Uh, he, he seemed to be in agreement with our concerns at one point, but he has since made one or two statements which lead us to believe he may be actually in support of some kind of development on that land. So we're just not sure. I'm not um, saying anything other than we're not sure about his position, but the other four councillors are 100% against this development proceeding. So um, we felt that that would mean that for the next few years, um, the land was safe, the area was safe, uh, would not be subject to the impacts of this development going ahead. Uh, since then, and this is leading up to our event, uh, since then, Mr. Ford has uh, passed three pieces of legislation to facilitate and accelerate home building across the province. Everyone understands we need more homes. I don't think anyone is in disagreement with that basic idea. It's how the homes, the residential spaces, if you like, are constructed. Are, are these homes to be brand new and excel, uh, situated wherever uh, a developer wants to put them? Or should there be an emphasis, for example, on uh, allowing people with existing homes to build upward or to uh, build or attach what are called granny suites uh, to their residences. In other words, should the emphasis be on uh, uh, 
expanding, if you like, existing residential structures, or should the emphasis be on brand new homes wherever we want? And we are concerned, um, and I, I think this is where our agricultural sector members, um, uh, which most most of our members are from the agricultural sector, our, one of our committee members is president of the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture, for example. Uh, there's a great concern that there will be further loss of farmland, which is already disappearing at an alarming rate, I think everyone would agree. So um, let's perhaps I could stop there and and uh, uh, where do you live? Are, are you where do you live? Do you live in Alnwick, Caldeman, and where in Alnwick, Caldeman? I'm in I'm in Alnwick, Caldeman on Lakeport Road, um, just south of the hamlet of Wicklow. So we're just a little bit east of the boat launch on uh, on Lakeport Road. There are a number of groups that are associated with your event. One of them is called the Community Power Northumberland. Can you mm -hmm. tell me about that group? Absolutely. Um, it's a group that was founded a, a, several, a number of years ago by uh, people who are involved in the green energy sector. And, and the name sort of says it, community power, uh, really meaning uh, that the group was set up to build and uh, fund community power uh through green energy projects and uh, so that's that's what it was founded to do and since then just more recently uh because of in part uh, many of these issues to do with um uh, agricultural land the fact for example that some in the agricultural sector uh rely on on uh, uh what, what you might call a uh, traditional approach, use of fertilizers and other chemicals. There are other folks in the sector that are emphasizing more uh, avoiding using uh, agricultural chemicals, pesticides, etc. Uh, neither one is right or wrong, uh, but there are um, a, a number of views on both sides. And um, I think there's probably more of an emphasis on traditional agricultural practice in the county than there is in terms of, of uh, alternative agricultural practices. But never mind, there are views on both sides. And I think uh, Community Power decided to de-emphasize a little bit, um, or quite a bit actually, its green energy work and start to emphasize more trying to bring these two uh, two sides, if we can call them, although I, I sort of hesitate to say that, but uh, two points of view together to arrive at a mutually satisfactory understanding of each other and compromises and, and emphasis on perhaps both kinds of agriculture equally. Uh, I'm sure there's some who'd like to see the alternative view emphasized more, others the traditional view, but they're really trying to work on creating consensus. So um, they had helped us um, in our work on the development that we discussed earlier. Uh, they'd, they'd given us a grant to do some of that work, which was terrific. And um, they were also even more, if you like, even more interested in this uh, forum that we're planning on July 29th. 
and uh, because they felt that it would really be important for all sides of the agricultural debate to get together in a room and hear each other out. And uh, I'm hoping very much personally that, that that's what happens. And we have, I think, some very interesting speakers. But that's where Community Power in Northumberland comes into the picture. And then the other group is the group that you're with, Northumberland Rural Coalition. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the genesis of this group and uh, how it's involved in this panel. Well, uh, the... Uh, the group came together, the coalition came together around this possible development uh, on Lakeport Road on the lake uh, and concerned by uh, some area residents of which I'm one. Uh, and that doesn't include just folks who just live on, on uh, properties, but also who farm in the area. And uh, there are a number of people who have farms and there's a lot of agricultural land in the area apart from where the development was proposed. So we all came together and said, you know, what is this going to do to the southern end, not just Lakeport Road or a few houses here and there, but what is this going to do to the whole southern portion of the township? And ultimately, is it going to open the way for more developers to say, aha, here's a, here's a company that built 800 homes uh, right on Lake Ontario. I wonder if there's more property there. Should we go in and try and scoop it up and pay a premium the way this developer did for the, the uh, land on Lake Ontario and uh, put more houses? And before you know it, Alnwick Haldeman in its traditional form as a, a rural township, an agricultural township, and a, a lifestyle which is shared by many people uh, in, in the county uh, will disappear. And we will have uh, sprawl. We will have excess numbers of homes uh, on land that may or may not be able to support them. There will be services required, et cetera, et cetera. There are a whole bunch of impacts that will happen, which we would rather not have happen and which the people that we spoke to in the area uh, some of whom joined the coalition, some of whom just, you know, are very interested in the issue. That uh, There was almost unanimous agreement, uh, I think 95% in people we spoke to, not just in the immediate area, but throughout the township, who did not see the value of this development and who did were very concerned about the future, more broadly speaking, of agricultural land in the southern part of the county. So uh, hence uh, our little group and uh, our work, and uh, that will culminate at least for one, one point of culmination will be the event on July 29th. And then we expect there will be further events to further refine the understanding that people have throughout the county of the importance of agricultural land, uh, the risks to its continued viability, its continued prosperity, uh, the risks to farm families. So uh, this could be the start. We hope this will be the start of something substantive that will carry on for some time. So the Northumberland Rural Coalition, how many members do you have? Well, we have an organizing committee of five members, and then we have various uh, people who give us uh, donations and who we work with, whether it's uh, anyone from planners 
at the county and municipal level to interested parties, uh, folks that are in some of the naturalist groups, for example, around the county. Uh, the Ontario Farmland Trust is an important organization. The Northumberland Federation of Agriculture, of course, is an important, critically important organization uh, to be involved in all this. And uh, in fact, the the president, uh, current president of the NFA, will be the moderator of our event. So we felt it was really critical to have uh, senior representation from right across the uh, the agricultural community. So we hope a lot of people who are on both in both uh, types of agriculture, the the sustain more sustainable and the more traditional. We hope lots of those folks will attend, as well as councillors, of course, from the various municipalities. You mentioned in your comments that uh, you receive donations. Are you a registered charity? No, we're not a registered charity. Uh, we're too small <laughs> to be a registered charity. I think it's fair to say we would have to spend every cent we have to register and uh, uh, administer uh, tax receipts if we were uh, a registered charity, we wouldn't have any time or resources to do any of our work. So what we have done is uh, we've joined uh, a, a group called the Small Change Fund. And the name sort of says it. It's a, it's a very interesting charity itself. Um, and it uh, supports and sponsors small projects like ours. Ours is one of their sponsored projects. And uh, there are many others, uh, some to do with wildlife protection, wildland, wetland protection, farmland protection, et cetera, et cetera. And the Small Change Fund helps all groups like ours that are not incorporated, that can't uh, issue tax receipts itself by being able to issue receipts on its behalf, on a charity's behalf, uh, small group's behalf rather like us, and also uh, advises us on uh, communications and all the things that you have to do as a little uh, unincorporated group like ours to uh, move things along on your issue. So they're really helpful and they're uh, supporting us. You mentioned earlier in our conversation about the loss of farmland. Mm -hmm. And for listeners who may not appreciate just how much is being lost, I believe it is somewhere in the range of 319 acres per day of farmland that's mm -hmm. being lost, according to Statistics yes. Canada. That's correct. Do you have any sense when you're talking to the various groups that you're uh, allying with mm -hmm. of what type of operations are we losing? Are we losing dairy? Are we losing beef, pork, crops? Can you give us a sense of, of just what what it is that we're losing other than the fact that we're losing this land? Well, that, that's a really good question. And I'm personally, I'm not, I'm not in the agricultural sector. So I don't know as much about the precise percentages as I look forward to learning at the event on the 29th. But I think it's fair to say that crop agricultural land, crop-based agricultural land is the biggest loser. Um, I certainly stand to be corrected by uh, friends and colleagues from the sector who know a heck of a lot more about this than I do, but um, I believe it's crop-based uh, agriculture that is under the most severe threat. And uh, with everything we know about climate change, 
and its impact on our food supply and uh, just this recent smoke episode we had. Uh, I don't know what any direct impact might be uh, on, on, say, crops that are just growing up at this time of year. For example, that was very short-lived. Is there a, an impact on that? I don't know. But it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of question that I hope uh, what the impacts of climate change are, what the impacts of development policies, new development policies that the province of Ontario has brought forward and it's in its efforts to uh, advance uh, housing starts. Um, I, I hope these questions will all be thoroughly canvassed and answered to some extent at our forum. And if they're not, then we'll have another forum and we'll make sure that they are answered because I think this is a set of questions that you've raised, Robert, that are really important for people to understand to, to really see what the impact of the, the move toward greater development, the move away from agricultural property and land and, and production. Uh, we need to understand this as a community, as a county, much better because we're in the bullseye of development moving eastward from the greater Golden Horseshoe. And we're next on the list, as it were. And uh, we need to know that sooner than later. Development is a complex issue. Many municipalities depend on it for additional assessment to keep taxes down. Are you at all concerned that stopping development stops the flow of money that impacts local taxes? Well, that's an ex extremely important question. Uh, I don't think uh, we, let's put it this way, in terms of our experience here with this development that was proposed and is now on hold, we saw no credible evidence from any source that that development was going to result in anything but extremely increased costs to the taxpayers of Alnwick Haldeman. Um, if a development is can be appropriately situated or located on land that is not otherwise agricultural, is not otherwise uh, need to be protected or is, is in a sensitive area environmentally, a wetland or whatever. And it can be demonstrated objectively, and I really underline that word, not by propaganda from a developer, but objectively, that a development can be located in an area on an appropriate piece of land with uh, appropriate services that do not impact the costs to ratepayers that don't live on the proposed development, if I can put it that way. Uh, these things, these concerns and these criteria for new development are really important. And certainly our experience with this proposed development that we've been discussing is that was not going to happen here. And uh, if it comes forward again, it will still not happen. So. There's a lot of problems with that. Also, too, I mean, if you uh, attend a planning meeting at any of the towns or townships in Northumberland County, you'll mm -hmm. often find that the agenda is not packed with large developments like the one you've been describing to me today. Right. But oftentimes, single lot here, little piece of property there. Mm -hmm. What is your approach to that kind of situation? Because a lot of people buy a... A, a lot or a small piece of land and they just, you know, I just want to build a home, move out of Toronto, whatever. How do you address those needs 
at the same time reaching the goals that you've been articulating today? Mm -hmm. Now, that's an extremely important question. And I think we had a really good example of that in the recent concerns expressed by the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, the Northumberland Federation, all the agricultural community about uh, the, the Ford government's proposal to allow uh, multiple severances on uh, the kind of size of agricultural property, Robert, that you're talking about, a small, smaller property, not hundreds of acres. And uh, the uh, agricultural community, to a, to, a, to a person, came out very strongly against that. It would open the door. It felt the, the, the agricultural community felt to much increased development, uh, really accelerate the loss of farmland. So in other words, even when you're talking about uh, a change in policy, as Mr. Ford was proposing, that would allow up to three severances on an agricultural property. It doesn't sound like many, but it's it's that erosion, I think, that was of extreme concern to the federations, both county and provincial, and uh, to the governments. Uh, it should be noted that the government heard loud and clear from the sector that this was not a good idea, this would not be constructive in terms of preserving land, and they backed away and decided not to allow that. Now, does that mean that agricultural land is therefore now protected? Uh, no, I'd say it does not mean that. It means that a certain type of subdivision of agricultural properties into small residential lots won't go forward. Does that mean agricultural land is now protected in the province? No, it doesn't. So uh, we have a lot more work to do on that. But uh, that's one area where the sector was particularly concerned and on, uh, concerned about the size of property that you were sort of speaking of, the smaller uh, property, the, the, the you know, few acres here, a few acres there maybe more than that in some cases, but um, I think that's uh, that's a really important example. Farmers are struggling on many levels to mm -hmm. maintain their operations. Now, someone comes along and offers a large amount of money. It's hard to say no. Why should they not sell their lands and walk away? What's the incentive that you're offering to have them keep going? Well, uh, I'm not sure that we can directly offer with our very small membership, uh, we can offer a, a, a direct incentive to uh, farmers considering, you know, the value of the value of their property, able to retire an appropriate lifestyle. And but, I don't know that. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting, let me, let me say that again. I'm not suggesting mm -hmm. you or your group's going to do something, but you're making arguments to say, mm -hmm. you know, stick, don't hang in there. I mean, that's at the heart of what you're you're saying is hang in there. We don't want to lose you. And somebody comes along and a developer comes along and says, here, I'll give you a couple million dollars for your mm -hmm. land. You know, that's got to be a big temptation. It it it, it is. That's what I'm talking about. So mm -hmm. can you address that aspect of it? Well, I think what we what one thing that we would I think like to do in the longer term is to do a, a comprehensive inventory of the properties in in uh, the county 
that are that are still fully operational uh, from an agricultural perspective and uh, get a better idea of how many of them are in this, how many of the owners are in the situation that you describe. I don't think we know that. Uh, we certainly at our little coalition don't know that. And uh, that's why we want to work with the uh, and are working with the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture and other groups, uh, the Ontario Farmland Trust, who will be speakers at the uh, speaker will be from the trust at the uh, July 29th event. We want to e exactly address that kind of question. We don't pretend to be experts uh, in, in, in addressing the issue you described, but we'd like to hear from the experts on July 29th and maybe at subsequent meetings on how we do, because we don't know. We recognize it as a problem, but we don't know exactly how to deal with it. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, in Pickering, we have watched as developers have gobbled up protected farmland that was supposed to mm -hmm. be untouchable. And now there are concerns right. about development, not just impacting that farmland, but also affecting the Rouge National Urban Park and its ecosystem. Right. So what right. makes you think any protection efforts that w would happen here locally are going to stop developers and governments um, as we're watching what's going on, the pattern that's taking place. Well, uh, I don't think there's any uh, magic solution to this. I don't, magic's the wrong word. I don't mean to to use it really. Uh, just uh, an obvious, there's no obvious solution to this. But um, if we, for example, uh, at our forum on the 29th, I personally hope to hear from some of the experts we're asking to join us on, okay, if we have these kinds of situations where uh, farmers are older, considering retiring, want a developer comes along as you described, Robert, wants to gobble up the land, is there a way to offer financial incentives from the government, um, depending on the circumstances, uh, financial or other incentives to that farm family to stay on their land and maintain it as agricultural land. Uh, for example, could they uh, withdraw some of the value from their, from their land to facilitate retirement and at the same time uh, be able to uh, maintain it as farmland by leasing it to someone else, selling it to someone else in the sector can there be controls on the types of business entities that can be sold agricultural land, for example? Like these are questions I don't know the answer to. And it's really one of the main reasons we're having the forum is this is we've got loss of land. We've got older farmers in the community. How do we stop exactly the situation or reduce the situation that you described? And that's why in large part, we're having the forum is to air these issues out and see what more work we need to do to come up with solutions. You've alluded to it a couple of times. I'd like to now talk about the panel and the panelists, because sure. it, it seems like a really interesting group of people. Margaret Walton is the representative from the Ontario Farmland Trust. Mm -hmm. Who, Who is this group in Northumberland? And um, is there anybody here that what is their relationship to Northumberland and why have you invited them? I guess that's the question I want to ask. 
Well, um, Ms. Walton, uh, I'm just going to pull up uh, a little bit of information uh, about the, uh, them because I, I, I don't want to misstate anything, but she is, she's, uh, Margaret is a, a member of Planscape, uh, which is a, a planning firm that specializes in planning for rural and recreational lands and, and small communities. And she's an, uh, considered widely, and she's the chair, by the way, of the Policy and Education Committee of the Ontario Farmland Trust. She's considered an expert in agricultural planning, and she's had uh, more than 30 years of experience in the agricultural sector and planning, developing planning policies to support the sector. So she's a she's a critical speaker in terms of the knowledge base she has about how exactly we address the situation that you've described. Older farmers uh, looking to retire uh developers with an appetite to come in and uh, start building how do we prevent that going going ahead uh without any proper constraints and without concern for preserving the land that these older farmers are on so we're looking to her to uh really uh advise us in depth on this she's worked for all the regional municipalities in the greater Golden Horseshoe uh, to develop uh, policies to sustain their agricultural communities. Uh, anyway, she's a member of the Canadian Institute of Planners. So she's a top uh, expert, uh, uh, very much so uh, in terms of the knowledge base that we need, we want to uh, improve uh, ourselves with. Now, Paul Burnham is another uh, speaker He's the past chair and director of, it's presently a director of the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture. Um, he has a BSc, Bachelor of Science degree in agriculture and crop science. Uh, he, uh, he manages and grows uh, farm business uh, in uh, environmentally using environmentally sustainable practices. So he's, uh, he, and many people I know know him in the, uh, in the community. He's, uh, he's terrific. And um, David Pacini, of course, needs no introduction. He's uh, our member of uh, provincial legislature. Um, and he uh, actually began his, maybe people don't know this, but he began his career as an international market analyst at Agriculture Canada. So he has a uh, background in the agricultural sector. And we look forward to him uh, explaining uh how some of these policies that mr ford has brought forward notably recent bill 97 and uh the new provincial policy statement which is going to make it we think easier although again we look forward to expert advice on this we think these changes are going to make it easier for developers uh to come in and and, and gobble up more agricultural land we look forward to mr Pacini's. uh no discussion of how that will or won't happen let me ask you about that because um anytime i've talked to mr pacini uh, he's a very vocal supporter of the government's policies how do you hope to change his mind or get him or his government to move on anything when they they've they've seemingly picked a direction and this is the way they're going well uh that's <laughs> we look forward <clears throat> to mr pacini um explaining to a group of people uh, who uh, will represent 
some of the, I'm sure, major agricultural interests in, the, in his constituency, and they are his voters, we look forward to him explaining why it is that these proposals um, are not, how it is rather that these proposals are not going to affect negatively affect the farming community in this uh, constituency, in his constituency and in the county more largely speaking. So this is an opportunity for, first of all, for him to come forward and if he, as you say, Robert, is uh, fully in invested in, in, in defending Mr. Ford's policies, he's going to have to explain to some people who are not very happy with this set of policies, how it is that the agricultural sector, broadly speaking, in Northumberland County uh, is going to be protected uh, if these policies all go ahead and are fully implemented. So I think this is an opportunity which people don't get very often uh, to have the local member of the legislature who is, a, as you say, a staunch defender of Mr. Ford's policies to come forward and explain how it is that many of them, uh, many of these policies are not going to damage uh, the agricultural sector and how he can guarantee that. Uh, and it, it'll be a very interesting discussion, but that's the purpose of, part of the purpose of this forum is to allow people from the sector to come forward and question Mr. Pacini and for maybe Mr. Pacini to put forward his rebuttals and his justifications and, and we'll see what comes out of it. And then we'll look at further forums, further work from our coalition to uh, continue on to try and uh, figure out new ways to help protect the sector. But that's that's what we hope will come out of the forum. I'm sure there are many people listening who go to the grocery store every week and see a wide range of foods. And we seem to, under the current system, get our needs met when it comes to getting the food that we want to eat. Some people might be asking themselves, why can't we just keep it the way it is? Why do we have to get our knickers in a twist about all of this? How would you respond to that? <laughs> no, that's that's a that's a good point because I think all of anyone who's involved in this issue would far prefer to just carry on with their life, go to the as you say, go to the grocery store, buy their food, uh, go home. Uh, to a farm or uh, a rural house or a residential development or whatever that is not under some kind of threat, that is not at risk because of uh, alleged uh, concerns uh, about provincial or other uh, farmland or development policies. Um, sure, they'd everybody would rather have a nice, peaceful uh, uh, life uh, free of these kinds of concerns. The trouble is, we we aren't free of those concerns. We have them uh, on our plates, all of us, uh, some of us much more directly than others. The folks in the agricultural sector, like our, uh, our committee member, uh, who is the president of the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture, who uh, rarely attends meetings because he's too busy planting and he's too busy harvesting and he's too busy on his land. So, you know, versus some of the rest of us who don't have those responsibilities. So um, it's, it's very challenging and people I'm sure would many days, most days rather just peacefully go about their business. The trouble is 
unfortunately, that certain policies that have been brought forward by the provincial government appear, and this is, I underline that word, appear to put some of this uh, preservation of agricultural land at risk. And we want to hear from the experts, including Mr. Piccini, who's the government representative, of how exactly it is that uh, these policies will or won't affect uh, uh, agricultural land and therefore our experience down the line at the grocery store uh, and our, our way of living, how, how it is that these policies will, will, as it were, leave us in peace, uh, or will they? And if so, if not, how? And, and what can be done to remedy that? Again, I think we'll have a very interesting debate. I should just quickly mention one of the features of our forum toward the end is a panel discussion between the five speakers. Uh, so they can question each other. And if anything hasn't been made clear or is questionable in terms of anyone's statements, that'll be an opportunity for the audience to hear a really, we hope, vigorous debate about uh, where reality lies on a lot of these issues. Give us all the details about the event, the date, time, location, registration. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, the date is July 29th. It's a Saturday. And uh, people, uh, if I could just say, people might be wondering, why are you having a, an event on a Saturday in July? Well, it's uh, because of the agricultural sector. It's a date that the best date we could pick between the planting and harvesting seasons that would be most likely to have uh, representatives from the sector who would be able to come and not be on their land, have to be on their land. So that's it's at the best Western Hotel in Coburg. It starts at 10.30 and finishes at 3.30. It's not an overly long event because people's, uh, you know, are busy and, uh, the, you know, we don't want to overwhelm people with ton, too many tons of information. Um, it'll be moderated by, again, the president of the Northumberland Federation of Agriculture. We'll have these uh, speeches. Registration has not officially opened, but we did send out a save the date uh, notice to various uh, people that we know and groups and so on. If you haven't got one and you're interested in this event, uh, if I could suggest that you email, uh, and this next is one word, Northumberland Federation, Northumberland, sorry, Northumberland Rural Coalition at gmail.com and just indicate that you'd be interested in receiving uh, notice about the registration. Uh, it will open in a week or two. And uh, you have to be registered in order to come. That, that's very important. You can't just come and uh, be able to get in. We have well, to uh, why is that? keep it to. It's because there's about only room for about 100 people maximum. So we can't have 200 people showing up and not having room for them. So uh, we have a limited space, unfortunately. It just is. That's the way it is. So uh, it's about a maximum 100 people. And so you do need to register. Michael Purley, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's a pleasure, Robert. Thank you very much for having me. That was Michael Purley, committee member and organizer with the Northumberland Rural Coalition. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. 
If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.